everyone, and welcome to That Lux Life Podcast. I'm your host, Aisha A.K. Lesh of the petite fashion and luxury lifestyle blog, Living Lesh, where I aim to redefine what luxury means and lead you into living your best life. Each week, I'll be bringing you those tips, secrets, and bits of inspiration that will take you into living your luxurious life without the four-figure price tag. So get ready to live your life in luxury, because guess what? You deserve it. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the That Lux Life podcast. We are here today to talk actually about a fun thing that's going on in my family's life, and that is our home project. So if you haven't heard, we actually have bought a piece of land and we are building a custom home. So with that, that comes with us having to sell our previous home. So we are building a, a our first um, single family home on a piece of land that we bought. It's a custom home with everything that we're looking to have it. And previously, we were actually in a townhome. So we decided to move and build a custom home because we had our son, we have a dog, and we're thinking about expanding our family as years to come. So we just realized we need more space. We'd love to have a yard where our son can run around, the dog can run around. I would like to have my own basically office. So for those who don't know what a office is, it is a closet office, meaning it's a room. You turn into a walk-in closet, like a whole room, and it's also an office space. Um, I want to have a dining room so that we can host. Like, I just needed us to have our own home space. So it was just kind of the next thing we decided to do. So we saved, we invested time, we invested money, um, and now we're here building our home. So with all of that, you know, we had to sell our home. It was just something that we obviously had to do, and we were basically going to wait till it was closer to our home being finished because it's in the construction phase. But we decided to sell our home earlier because, of course, we didn't want to run into the issue of, oh, we're about to move into this home, this new home. We have a new mortgage starting, and now we're about to still be paying on this other mortgage. Additionally, when you are in a new construction loan, you're paying on the interest of the total loan um, that's coming out. So not actually not the total loan, but basically whatever is being drawn. So to kind of give a brief explanation of that, there is a draw schedule. So you have your total loan amount and then the builders get to draw from that total amount as they need. So then what's happening for us is we're paying on the escrow and interest on whatever amount they have already taken from the bank. So we're starting basically a second mortgage. So we had a second mortgage on top of the mortgage and the finances for the townhome we were living in. So we decided to make it easier for us. So we can kind of put money back into our pockets, save for appliances that we have to buy, um, fixtures and furnishing the house and different things we're gonna need for the house when it's built. Um, we decided to move in with my parents temporarily, um, which again, led us to selling our home. So I'm going to actually, you know, talk about today about, you know, tips on negotiating and selling your home. So selling your home and negotiating, because a lot of people don't know what it is to sell their home. Maybe you're someone who has bought their first home and you may be considering selling it soon. Um, or maybe, you know, you're just in that place where you're like, I don't even know if I want to sell my home or I need to sell another house. Maybe you have to sell another family member's house and you have no clue what to do. Um, or maybe you've sold a house before and it wasn't a good experience because you just didn't know what you were doing and you're looking to sell a house again. Um, so I'm here to share our experience. Um, and I will start by saying it was not the best experience. Um, we had some drama that went along with ours, but it wasn't based off of, 
you know, what was it wasn't based off of us, I guess say it was basically based off the the seller that we decided to go with. So your experience may not be like our experience. It may not be stressful, um, but there are things that you probably want to consider and know so that you can make a good decision. Because at the end of the day, when you're selling your home, you're looking to get the equity out of your home. You're looking to get some kind of financial gain out of your home, especially if you're looking to buy another home, because you want to take that money that you're getting from the equity, the money that you've invested basically in this home to buy the next home, your house. So without further ado, I kind of want to get into some of those topics. So when you are about to sell your home, the first thing you need to do is set a level of expectations on what you want your ROI to be. So, you know, we're talking about equity. For those who don't know what equity means, that's basically is the amount of money that's in your home. So when you're in a house, your house is gaining equity. Um, as the, the market goes up, your house gains value or worst case scenario, loses value. That's equity in your house. So, you know, anyone has equity in their house, even if you have a mortgage. So there's just an amount of money that you know, you may have bought your house for X amount of dollars. So say you bought your house for $250,000. And now two years later, it's worth three hundred and seventy-five. dollars That difference in amount, that $125,000, which I think is right if I'm doing the math right, I am not a math major, um, is the equity in your house. And any of the money that you've already paid off the mortgage. So maybe your mortgage is, you know, around $1,500. Um, but again, the value of your house has went up. So You've paid $1,500 over those two years every month. So you've now gotten maybe, I'm not even going to do that math, but say it's $20,000 back. So it's that $20,000 plus the $125,000 that you now has, that is now equity in your house. So you can basically take that money back. It's money that you'll get when you sell the house because what will happen is whatever is left over from what you're owing on your mortgage and whatever, so if you're owing money on your mortgage, so say it's you know the 200 left and you sell your house for 350, the mortgage that's taken over by or the bank of the person who's buying, they'll they'll take over that mortgage. There's just a difference. I, you know what I'm saying? So basically, their money will pay off your mortgage, and the difference in the amount between what you still owe the bank and what you sold it for goes to you, minus the different fees because you got to pay for your realtor. You have a realtor. You have to pay for you know all these other paperwork fees. There's just fees, but when you actually do the work, if you have a realtor, they'll show you what that equity could look like. So when you're starting off, kind of give an expectation of what you want your ROI to be, especially if you're buying a new house. We knew from you know starting the new construction of what our total loan amount was going to be for this new construction, um, which basically gave us where our mortgage is going to be once we settle into this new home. So we know what our mortgage is going to be. We already know what we put down, so we put down a certain amount. So we knew that there was a certain amount more money that we wanted to get out of the house to throw at the new mortgage so that we can take our payment down a whole lot less than what it is right now. So you kind of want to set that that base level. So once you know um, from that, you also want to compare it against comps. So if you have a realtor that constantly say, you know, I'll pull comps together when you're ready to sell the house. Basically, comps are short for comparisons. What they do is look at other houses that are similar to yours in the area. So they'll look to see if your basement's finished because they won't compare a house of the same size to another house that has a finished basement versus a not finished basement. They'll look at the different layouts. They'll look to see if it's like, if you're in a townhome, if it's an end unit or a middle unit. So they'll look at other houses that are very similar to yours to see what they had sold for recently. 
Um, and they'll look within the past five years. Um, they'll look at their values. So at the time what we were selling is there were a number of houses in our same um, development that had been sold um, and they would even look at some of the houses that were sold as the end units because end units usually sell for higher. So if an end unit for us had sold at 450,000, we know that we have to be under that amount because we're not going, we were a middle unit, so we're not gonna be able to sell that because end units have just more value to them. Our basement wasn't finished, so we knew that if there was a house that was a middle unit that sold for 375, we had to be underneath that because our basement's not finished. So you wanna look at those comps, see where it is, so that again, you can compare that against what you're looking to get your ROI out of. Because you don't wanna go in and say, you know what, I wanna get 100,000 in you know, ROI equity out of this house, so we have to sell it for 400. But if your house against the comps will not even sell for 400, you probably need to leave that alone. You gotta go back and go into a different expectation um, and just reevaluate what's going on. So those are like the two first things you need to do as you are preparing to sell your home. Now, as you go to sell your home, you put it on the market, it's, it's, you're now getting underway. You'll have these open houses and depending on how the system is, like for us, what happened is our realtor put the house out there on this, it's called MLS system. I think that's nationwide, it's MLS, which basically alerts other realtors. It puts it on realtor.com, puts it on Zillow saying, this house is up for sale. And then there's a system that allows basically you to um, view when people wanna come in when they're requesting showings um, because people will request showings. They wanna come see the house. They don't just look at the outside. They're not just driving by. Um, if there's time they're doing open houses, your realtor will talk to you about that. So you kind of want to get ready for that. So you want to spruce up your house, make sure it looks show ready. That basically you make it, you need to make it look like you live there, but don't live there. That's, that's basically it. So what I mean by that is you want to clear off a lot of personal things because when people are coming in, they want to be able to visualize themselves in that house, but they also want to make sure that they can visualize how um, their space would look if certain things were in there. So for example, you know, you still want to leave, obviously you're still living there. You want to still leave your bedroom furniture in there because they can see, you know, here's a king size bed with two, um, two nightstands and a dresser and the TV can all fit in this room. Um, so we can fit our stuff or fit more stuff or here's the room we're working with. Um, but you don't want to have like everything, all of the snacks and things you have in your kitchen. You don't want all of that out. Um, even our realtor told us to take our tea kettle off our stove. Like you literally want it to look like no one lives there, but someone lives there. If that even you know, makes any sense. I know it like, sounds like a contradiction, but you want to depersonalize it. Take the, um, your pictures off the wall because it's going to make them not realize that like, this is not my home. You want them to make it feel like it is their house. So that's something that you want to consider as you're getting ready um, and prepare yourself to be out of the house because when the showings start happening, you are not supposed to be there. So find yourself a place that you can go during the day. Basically, we just kind of arrange with um, family members that at any time um, we may have to, you know, go and, and sit at their house for a while. Um, but you base that on your schedule. Obviously, showings are approved by you. So it's not like you're just gonna be sitting there and someone's gonna send you a message and send you to be out in 10 minutes. Um, you just kinda wanna be ready. And the more showings you allow, the better off you are to get more offers. So we kind of learned that is, 
we started turning down a lot of showings at first because of the fact that I work from home. So it was really hard for me in the middle of the day just to get out at random moments because there were people who were even requesting showings that would have been in the next like half an hour. And I was like, I can't get up. I have meetings already scheduled. I don't even know what to do. And those people didn't come back. So that was an offer that, you know, kind of just got left on the table because they went and looked at other homes and probably found another home that they were really enjoying and put an offer in there. So you kind of want to make sure that you're just ready. Um, at a certain point, I think it was after we started realizing, you know, this is not working out for us. I actually picked up all my work stuff and just put it at my parents. So I work from my parents' house daily. So even when I just got up, I wouldn't work with my parents, even if there were no showings, um, which also allowed me that if someone requested a showing randomly, um, I could just basically approve it because they just needed the code to the lockbox, which will be given to them once I approve it. They go in the house, they walk around, they come out. Um, so yes, that's that's one of those things you want to consider about showings as well. Now, once you've gone through the showings and you start getting offers, that is obviously the next step. So when you start getting offers, I would highly suggest making sure you understand the timeline of when an offer comes in, how long you have to actually accept or counter offer, um, because you can't sit on an offer, but you also don't want to take the first offer. That's the one thing that we did is we had our house listed, I'm going to give you an example, at 350 We had a person come in on the first day that it was on the market, um, and we happened to be a weekend, which is great. You always kind of want to, our realtor even say this, and if you have a realtor, they'll probably tell you, list it on the weekend because people are looking on the weekend. You sit down, you look for houses, you see showings, you have more availability. So we were actually just out the entire weekend. Um, and the first person that came in, did a showing, put in an offer right away. And we had put it at an asking price of $350. And this person came in and asked, actually like really extremely lowball us and said, oh, $305. Now, of course, we're like, you know what? You're the first offer, so for you to even come in at that first offer is super insulting, and you don't have to take it. Even if that first offer had come in at 340, we probably would have sat on it at least for a certain amount of time because our realtor explained to us that we had about 48 hours to consider the offer. So with so many showings lined up, we're like, you know what? You know, 340 would have been great um, if someone had come in at it. And we actually did someone come in at 335 at that point. And we were just like, you know what? Let's sit on it. Let's wait. Let's see what's going on. Um, because then once you get more offers, you can either A, counter offer and say, you know what? We're asking for 350. You offered 340. Can you meet us at 342? Maybe give a counter offer because they might say, you know what? Done. Let's go. Let's move forward. You also have the option of saying no. Your realtor also can go back and say, You've offered 335 to this one, like someone offers 335, but someone offers 340. You can basically put them in a bidding war and basically go back. Your realtor can go back and say, you know what? I, we appreciate your offer of 335, but there's somebody else looking at 340. So if you really want this house, um, we're willing to listen to another offer. So don't be hesitant to, you know, wait for offers. Don't jump on the first one. Um, because you might want to consider other other offers. We go into a bidding war, and you may even get someone who goes over asking price. Now, I will say, if you put your house on the market and you have someone that goes in over asking price right away, I'd probably heavily sit on that one, maybe for 24 hours. I probably wouldn't wait the full 48 hours because, again, they could be walking around and looking at other houses and automatically rescind their offer because they found something else better. But don't feel like you always have to jump on the first offer at first. Consider your options and even consider your timeline. So if you are selling your home, consider the timeline of when you feel like you need to be out. Um, 
when we put our home in the market, yes, we wanted to be out so that we weren't having to manage two mortgages, but it wasn't the fact that we couldn't at the time. I mean, we were only paying interest in escrow for the new construction house plus the mortgage, which still put us in a very, like, you know, it tightened up some things, but we could, probably could have stayed in that house for another two to three months before the second draw. Um, so we had time. Now, of course, we wouldn't want the house sitting on the market for that long because it would have been tremendously, like if your house sitting on the, the, the market for two months, it, it probably isn't the best feeling, but you know, we had a couple weeks. Like we weren't in a rush to get out. But if you're in a rush to get out, you may need to consider those initial offers and not wait. You may not be able to have time to do an open house the next weekend. You may have, you know, you need to make a decision. You put it on the market on Friday. You need to have a decision by Monday. So also, you know, talk between whoever, you know, you need to talk to your realtor. If you have a partner, you know, you're living in a certain home, whoever else is involved to see what your timeline is um, and what you're coming up against. Now, another thing that you want to consider is um, consider offers that avoid inspections. So we ended up actually going with an offer that avoided inspections. Now, you have appliances in the house. There are certain things in the house that, you know, will be seen by the evident eye. Um, and that will come through with the appraiser. An appraiser always has to co come through. That's just what the bank needs to do. The bank needs to come through and basically say this is how much the house is valued and this is how much um, we're going to willing to give you an offer of. Because even if a buyer comes in and says, you know, we'll put in a 350 offer for your house and they sign the paperwork saying they're putting this three offer, offer and they have a mortgage. So that, that mortgage company, that bank will pull the appraiser in and if the appraiser comes through the house and goes, well, this house is only, only going to offer 325, the bank typically will go to that person and go, okay, we're only going to give you 325 for a mortgage for a loan. You offered 350 to come up with a different 25,000 difference. And they'll basically put it back on the buyer. Now, if it comes to they can't afford it, usually that just, they, they, they can back out of it, but they'll probably lose their deposit money. So there's different scenarios that'll happen. Um, I don't want to get too far into that. That hasn't happened to us, so I can't speak from experience. Um, but that is something a realtor would know and be able to walk you through. But I know that when we were buying this original townhome, that's what was told for us is we put in an offer um, and the appraisal went through and the appraisal actually came in um, $15,000 less than what we had offered. So they were basically telling us that, you know, we can only offer you this month based off the appraisal for your mortgage. So you don't have to come up with the difference. Um, and at the time we didn't have the difference. So we were basically able to negotiate with the, the seller um, to bring the cost down because we're basically like, we're going to just back out. You know, we can't afford this. Like this is just not going to happen. Um, and, you know, there were different things that were going on, but the people were so ready to get out that house, they brought the, the, the amount down. So there's usually some negotiation that can go on there. Um, but when back to the inspections is again, there are things in the house. And so an appraisal is different from an inspection. Appraisal is done for the bank. The inspection is something the buyer can order. And basically they'll bring someone in the house. There's an inspector that come to the house and will look at everything in the house to make sure it's in working order, especially the appliances. So they'll look at, see if the oven's working. They'll make sure, you know, if there's a fireplace, if that's working, they'll look at the ACE, the, the HVAC unit, to make sure that's running. Um, and if you're in a house for a certain amount of time, you know things are running, that you know they're working, you know they might um, have some issues or maybe they don't have any issues. But there are things that you can run into. So for example, um, I had a friend who was selling a house and 
everything in her house had been running smoothly. She never had any issues. But when she went to sell, the, the seller or the buyer ordered an inspection. And the inspection came back that the AC unit wasn't putting out the amount of output or energy, I forget what it was called, that it was supposed to. There's basically a level of like, it's supposed to be like a 2.0 and it was putting out like a 1.2. Those aren't real numbers. Um, so basically it was one of those things where it's like the, the, the buyer came back and said either A, you buy a new HVAC system and then we'll buy the house or we have the ability to get out of the house because it didn't pass inspection. So the house doesn't pass inspection. It could be back on you. But now that inspection is noted and other potential buyers can come in and see that there's a, a problem with the HVAC system or the AC, which will then just be go, OK, well, it, unless you all replace it, we're not coming in this house because we don't want to deal with those issues. No one wants to come in a house and deal with other issues. So if you have someone coming in that's like, Basically saying, you know, we want a very close, you know, to sell, like to basically acquire this property and we don't need inspections. I would jump on it just because one, it gets you out of the house faster. You sell the house super quick um, and there you you basically limit the risk of um, running into issues. Because even if, say, again, you go back to that $350,000 that was put up as an offer or your asking price. And the person comes in at like $10,000 less, they're at $340, but they're waiving inspections. Well, in the case that your HVAC system comes in and you actually were like, you know what? I want the person who gave me $345 um, and accept their offer, but they want inspections. Well, you come in, they do the inspections and say something's wrong with your AC. Well, now that's $15,000 that you have to pay out of pocket to get that HVAC system. So now you're at $335 because basically now you're putting money back or you have to give them a credit. They could basically say, you know what, you need to come down about three forty-five or $15,000 for us to replace the unit, um, which basically takes out of what they're going to offer you. So that three forty you could have got without the inspections could have given you more money back than the offer that was higher that now has inspections. And now it's costing you because something went wrong. And it could be a number of things that go wrong. I'm just using the AC as uh, an example, but... It could be things such as if you're leaving a washer and dryer, if something's wrong with that, they may ask you for money back for that. The microwave, which if it's in the wall, you have to leave it there. Um, it's just a number of things that could possibly go wrong. There is things such as we did radon testing, um, which basically said that if there was radon, we could order it or they could order, we could ask for money back. So just kind of be aware that if there's an offer that comes in and it's super close to another offer, consider the one that doesn't have inspections in there, even if it's like a $2,000 difference, because it could save you so much money in the long run. So that's just from our experience, from buying and selling. I'm not going to go into this tremendous story of like what happened with our experience. Basically, it was like our um, the, the buyer basically came in and told us the house wasn't clean. Um, the house was cleaned. I will tell you this now because they ended up um, actually having to buy it and their broker basically told them they would lose the $15,000 they put down as their deposit fee because they were asking for things that were ridiculous. Um, we mopped, swept, cleaned out the refrigerator. I lysed all the thing down. They basically came in the house and said that it smelled too strong of chemicals. It smelled like Lysol and they basically wanted the house fumigated. Um, so it was a whole thing. And, you know, we even had people, the lawyers come in and get involved. And it was just like a whole hectic thing that basically everyone, even the people on their side, the brokers and the agent on their side, side with us saying that they're being ridiculous and that they would basically lose $15,000 of their deposit money if they dropped out of the sale. Because it was literally the day before 
they're about to buy the house because they get a final walk-in. That was their issue, that it smelled like cleaning products, which it's supposed to if you're asking us to clean it. But again, I'm not going to go too much into that story. It's It gives me anxiety even thinking about that moment because it was absolutely ridiculous. But I wanted to give you those those tips um, on selling the home because, of course, as we go throughout, and I hope you all are listening to this podcast more often, go back and listen to some of my other episodes, is I'm going to be sharing more about the tips and experiences with us, you know, from buying the land, selling our home, going into this new construction home, updating things, things we're learning about being, you know, homeowners of land and property because it's different than living in a development. Um, you know, I've lived in development with my parents, you know, that's where we they, they live now, and some of the things that we're even going through initially are drastically different. So make sure you're staying attuned to this podcast um, and and checking in about what's going on. I go back and listen to some of the previous episodes I've shared about our experience so far. Make sure that you're following me on Instagram. I'll be sharing so much there on what's going on with the house as well as so much more. And while you're here, before you sign off, before you walk away from this podcast episode, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or wherever, please make sure to leave a review. Give me a five-star rating on the That Lux Life podcast. The better the reviews, the more the feedback, the more comments, the more amazing guests I can have on here on this podcast. So you could have amazing things brought to you. You know, next time maybe I'll have like, you know, Zach Efron on here. You never know. But it's up to you all as my listeners. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you have any topics you would love to hear, make sure to just send me a note. You can go on my website, livinglesh.com slash podcast to find out how you can request for a guest to be on here, how you can request for a certain topic, and also how to um, uh, leave a review as well as listening to more episodes. Subscribe, review, check in next time. Thank you for stopping by. See you later.